Moments of Encounter is a weekly live broadcast brought to you by Calvary We Revival Labors through God's servant Chidebele Odeze. The teachings are focused on building the church and raising men that will do exploits in this end time. You can connect live to Moments of Encounter every Tuesday by 6 p.m. West African time at www.mixlr.com forward slash Moments of Encounter. May you have a life-changing encounter as you listen. God bless you. overwhelming presence in this place already tonight we can we can touch your presence we can experience it live here we thank you holy ghost because you are already hovering over our heart over our life waiting for the word of god to execute it waiting for the word of god to cause light to shine in our hearts tonight, the Spirit of God is already hovering over the waters. And the Lord is about to speak. And the entrance of His Word will surely bring light. And every darkness must surely depart. We are here tonight, oh God. Our eyes are unto you, looking up to you. For your mighty dispersion and touch tonight. Blessed be your name, Lord. We are very grateful. Thank you for what you are going to do in our life tonight. Thank you for what you have already started doing in our hearts. Father, tonight we mark a night of unforgettable encounter. In the name of Jesus Christ. Blessed be your name, Lord. 
In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. It's a special night. Very special indeed. We are still looking at the theme, the power of prayer. We started last week by looking at understanding the purpose and the power of prayer. Tonight, we are going to look at a very important aspect of that theme. Top secrets of powerful prayers. Top secrets of powerful prayers. We have two types of prayers. Powerful and powerless prayers. A powerful prayer is a prayer that has an answer from God. A powerless prayer is a prayer that has no answer from God. Prayer will be said with much, maybe noise, much strength, but at the end of the day, there is no answer. So it's not actually the the strength that is used to pray the prayer that makes it powerful. Even though that is important. It's not the position, it's not the the time. These things may be important at some times or points in prayers. But the ultimate thing that makes any prayer powerful is that the prayer has an answer from God. So many people pray. Prayer is not a new thing. But only very few get answers from God. So we have so many powerless prayers. You know, and few powerful prayers. And we are looking at not just secrets of powerful prayers. We are looking at top secrets. Top secrets. What is a secret? Something that is not open. Something that is hidden. God has secrets. He keeps secrets. In fact, when you read Psalm 25, Psalm number 25. If you look at verse 14, it says, The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. So God has a secret. Doesn't you know reveal it to everyone? There are secrets that is behind somebody praying. And getting answers to all his prayers. And that's what we want to start looking at. I'm sure we will not be able to exhaust all of them tonight. But we are going to start and maybe subsequent messages we will be able to complete that. Because of uh, how voluminous they may be. So we are looking at... Those things that we must know and we must be applying for our prayers 
to be producing results. Powerful prayers. Let's start just as a way of uh, reading a text for the topic. From where we we may get one or two of the secrets. Read James chapter 5, verse 16 to verse 18. James chapter 5, verse 16 to verse 18. Confess your fault one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And he rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth brought forth her fruit. Amen. The first secret that makes a man's prayer to be powerful before God, producing result, bringing response, is that the person praying must be a righteous man. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It's not every man that is qualified to even pray. That's why nobody will stop you from praying because you have mouth, you can pray. But whenever a man is praying, the first concern that is in the heart of God and, you know, the first question heaven is asking is not the content of the prayer, but who is the person praying. It matters to God so much. That's why two persons can pray the same prayer. One will get results. The other one will not get results. When you knock on somebody's door, what is the first question? Who is knocking? And the person says, forget about who is knocking. Just open the door first. Will you open? The first question heaven is asking about prayers is who is praying? Not who is, not what you are praying about. Not how powerful the prayer point is. I just pray that our eyes will open. You know, I once entered a hostel where people are living. I was looking for one part, one person. I know the person's room, but that day I was thinking that the room I was knocking on is the person's room. So when I knocked, the person is a brother. I heard the voice of a woman. And the person asked, who is knocking? I say, it's me. He said, what is your name? 
I say it's me. Now, in my mind, I believe that this is the the brother's room I'm looking for. I don't know how a sister or a lady is responding, but I just felt I should not say who who I am. So I I stood there. I heard the lady said, "Well, if you don't say your name, you will remember." So as I was waiting, keep knocking. You don't know me. Why don't you shake very well to know whether this is the right place? And eventually, I noticed that it was the wrong place. What am I talking about? That question, the person was insisting that no matter what you are talking about or how you came or what you came for, that you must identify who you are before your, the door will be opened unto you. The door can, cannot open to anybody who is praying just because you are praying. Some people think that God is excited by your worship. Eh? Just like thinking that you are excited at every knock at your door. No. You have to know who is knocking before you get excited. Am I correct? If it is your brother that you have been expecting, you know, you know from, to, to your house and he has not come before, for years and all of that, and you now say, I am your brother, and you you recognize the voice, and it is him. That's when excitement starts. Excitement does not start at knocking. It starts at identification of the person that is knocking. Heaven does not get excited that somebody is praying. Heaven gets excited when they discover the person that is what? Praying. That's why that scripture says, it's not just every prayer that gets Result that avails much. It is the prayer of a righteous man. And immediately he gave us example of a righteous man, Elijah. He said, Elijah was a man subject to like passion as we are. Elijah was a man. Another way of putting it is Elijah was a righteous man. The reason why Elijah prayed and heaven responded to his prayer was because Elijah was a righteous man. If Elijah was not a righteous man, there there is no other thing. The fervency of his prayer is necessary. The Bible says he prayed earnestly. That's okay. We are coming to that. But the first thing that made heaven to pay attention to Elijah's prayer is what? Elijah was a righteous man. We are regarding this as a secret because we discover that many, many believers are not paying attention to this matter. Some think that the reason why we should be righteous is so that we will go to heaven. So you see somebody saying, somebody has even told me that he's, he's, he's trusting God that as he's sinning and confessing and God is forgiving, that before he will finally die or maybe a rapture takes place, he, he must have confessed and got forgiven. You know that kind of thing? He believed that, you know, the matter of righteousness is just for me to be righteous at the point of departure from this world so that I will make heaven. No. As a matter of fact, the greatest need for righteousness in the life of a believer is for your communication with God. For your communion with God. Eh? In the department of, you know, in the university you have various departments. Sometimes you notice that 
when they are admitting students into departments, you will notice that some department cutoff, you know, is very high. Let's, let me give you an example. A department will say, if you don't score 300 over 400, you will not get admitted here. And then some departments, if you get just maybe 220, you will have admission. In the department of prayer, for your prayer to be heard and get answer, your life must be spotless. Your life must be righteous. John 9.31 said, We know that God does not listen to sinners. John 9.31 I want us to read it. It's a scripture that is supposed to be popular, but it's not. I don't know why. John chapter 9, verse 31. And many, many believers are not aware of this verse. If you are there with me, let's read it together. One to go. Now we know that God heareth not sinners. But if any man be a worshipper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Is it not when your prayer is heard that it will be answered? He said, now. He said, that is as we are even here now. And you know, anytime you want to pray, that time becomes now. We know it's not even a, a private knowledge, it's a common knowledge. All of us know that God does not listen to sinners. Sinners may shout, they may cry, but we know that no matter how they cry or shout, God does not listen to them. If you know that God will not listen to your prayers when you are telling lies, you are watching pornography, you are living in anger, lost, and all of that, then, and you really want God to listen to hear your prayers, then that becomes a reason why you must live right. That's why I said, for those who are, you know, going to be praying powerful prayers, one of the greatest issues about righteousness for them is their prayers, their communion with God. That was the problem that Jesus had in, at Gethsemane. When he saw the cup of iniquity that the father is saying, drink this cup, he realized that drinking this cup will, for this moment, cut him off from this communion with God. Throughout his lifetime, he has enjoyed, you know, answers to prayers. Anything he says, however he says it, God answers. But he knows that if he just, you know, gets, you know, defied with this cup of iniquity that God will no longer listen to him or pay attention to him. He becomes unrighteous. The Bible says he that does not know sin became sin for us. So at that point he was about to become sin. He was crying and saying, oh God, I don't know. Is there any other way that, that this, this, this you know, salvation of men can be accomplished apart from drinking this cup? Hallelujah. So, you know, 
it is the life of the man praying is so important so important so important when you look at first timothy chapter 2 verse 8 he said i will that men pray everywhere men pray everywhere i wish that men should pray everywhere but when they pray they should be able to do what lift up holy hands without rot and doubting let's read it together first timothy 2 verse 8 one to go i will therefore that men pray everywhere lifting up what holy hands without rot and doubting lifting up holy hands as men are praying lifting up holy hands holy hands is not just talking about your physical hands eh? that your hands are clean no that's not the cleanness the physical cleanness of your hands he's talking about the purity and the holiness of your life why he's emphasizing that they must lift up holy hands is that even if they are praying and their hands are not holy their prayers will not be answered amen David said in Psalm 66 verse 18 if I regard iniquity in my heart God will not answer me even if I pray Psalm 66 verse 18 if I regard iniquity in my heart the Lord will not hear me he will not hear me How can he hear you when there is iniquity in your heart? It's all over the scripture, both Old Testament and New Testament. It's just, you know, but you know, the Bible says the God of this world has blinded people's eyes that they will not be able to see how serious the matter is. In Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2 says, The hand of the Lord is not too short to save. And his ear is not heavy that it cannot hear your prayers. But something is the problem. Your iniquity has separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Eh? But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. It is not you that want to be separated from your God. It is not even God that wants to push you out. It is your iniquity that has a force. That lie you told has a force. That the moment you tell that lie, the lie will generate a force. And that force will start pushing you, you know, away from God. Any kind of sin, you know, some people think that some sins are small. There is no sin that is small. Every sin has equal separation force. Every sin has equal separation force. That the moment you commit it, whether in the secret or in the public, eh, it will begin to push you away from God. He said, your sins have hid his face. It's not God that is hiding his face from you. He said, your sins 
has hid his face. So sin has the capacity of hiding the face of God. From you. That he will not hear. So sins, iniquities, they are the problem when it comes to God hearing the prayer of a man. And once that is not handled, you may not be able to get answers to your prayers. So you will join the club of powerless praying men. Proverbs 15 verse 8 told us that the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to God. Proverbs 15 verse 8 says the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. If you are there, let's read together. One to go. Sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. The prayer of the upright is his delight. When you are upright, when you are righteous, when you are living a holy life, God will delight in your prayer. He will want you to pray because he derives joy anytime you are praying. Chapter 28 of Proverbs, verse 9. Chapter 28, verse 9. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. Anyone that despises the word of God, anyone that is not willing to obey the word of God, said, even his prayer shall be an abomination. Is there any aspect of the word of God that you have known that you are not obeying? Once you close your ear, close your heart to the word of God, that will begin to affect the power of your prayers. Examples abound in the scriptures. But before then, even in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, he said, Husbands, dwell with your wife according to knowledge so that your prayers will not be hindered. Chapter 3, verse 7. 1 Peter 3, 7. Likewise, you husband, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being hers together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered that is showing us that when your relationship with your you know the people around you whether you are a husband with your wife or your wife with your husband or with anybody at all is not good it's not in order then that can affect your prayer it will hinder your prayer. In Matthew 5, 23 and 24, Jesus said to the disciples, if you are bringing your sacrifice to the altar, sacrifice of praise, sacrifice of prayer, sacrifice of thanksgiving to God, and you remember that somebody is not at peace with you, he said, don't offer it yet because nobody will pay attention to that. Heaven will not be pleased. Go back and make peace. So our peace with men, our righteous living with men, makes our prayers acceptable 
and comes with result and response from God. Cain offered a sacrifice. Abel offered a sacrifice. But the Bible said the Lord had respect for Abel and his sacrifice. And he did not have respect for Cain and his sacrifice. Why? Because of the life of Cain. In Genesis 20 verse 7, there's one man called Abimelech, a king of the Philistines. Abraham entered his country with his wife and when he took the wife of Abraham God began to you know punish the man the Bible says he met everybody in his house every, every woman in his house barren Genesis chapter 20 And then he appeared in the dream to the man and said, you are a dead man. Eh? Because you have taken you have taken the wife of a prophet. <laughs> verse 7, he said, Genesis 20, verse 7, he said, now therefore restore the man, his wife, for he is a prophet and he shall pray for you and you shall live. And if you will not restore her, you will surely die. And in verse 17, so Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife, and his best servants, and their best children. And Abraham prayed for Abimelech. Why is it that Abimelech cannot pray and God will respond there are some prayers you will pray hundred times you will not get answer and one Abraham will pray it just once and the answer will come this is where we, we are not all equal we are equally born again equally has the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues equally but this is where we are not equal. Eh? There are situations in your life, in your family, that you will pray and pray and fast 1,000 times. And it will be as if you are not praying. One Abraham will just pray once, and that will be the end. This is a secret. Many people are not aware. Now, we are not talking about looking for Abrahams. We are talking about that you can become what? That Abraham. By becoming a righteous man. A man that fears God. One character of a righteous man is that a righteous man fears God. That's why you have righteous men in the Old Testament. And you have righteous men in the New Testament. Even though the contest may differ, but the truth is that one thing that characterizes righteous men is that they fear God. In the same Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, and God remembered Noah. Okay, Genesis chapter 8. No, not 8. 
Genesis chapter 7, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Amen. In Job chapter 42 verse 8, God said to the friends of Job, if you pray for yourself, I will not listen. Go and ask Job to pray for you. It's a mystery. It's a secret. Job 42 verse 8. Therefore, God is talking to Eliphaz, Termonites. The friends of Job. He said, Therefore, take unto you now seven, seven blocks and seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and offer for yourself a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you. For him will I accept. For him will I accept. Not you. If you pray, even if you double the bullocks from 7 to 14, I will not accept your prayers. Go to my servant Job. He is the one that will accept his prayers. If you pray, forget it. My servant Job prays, I will listen to him. He's so critical. We need to really, you know, come to that point. We are, our life has become so acceptable to God that our prayers will begin to produce the required needed result. A carnal man that walks in the flesh can never pray powerful prayers. It takes a spiritual man that is walking in the spirit to be able to pray spiritual prayers. Powerful prayers that can get results. The simple reason is because prayer is a spiritual exercise. Even though there could be physical activities, as you are praying, you may be walking around, that's a physical activity. Your body may be shaking, your mouth may be moving, you may be talking. But the truth is that prayer is a spiritual activity. God is a spirit. And those who will talk to God, will talk to God where? In the spirit. So, the reason why many believers find it difficult to pray, number one, and even when they manage to pray, their prayers will not produce effect, powerful results. It's because of this matter of not living. For as many as are led by the spirits are the sons of leave the Holy Ghost aside in their day-to-day living. Then when they want to pray, they now want the Holy Ghost to help them. That's why sometimes it takes some people some time to connect. So we sing songs for 30 minutes before they will feel lifted in their spirit to pray. But if our life 
our lives are consistently righteous and holy unto the Lord, then our prayers will flow and get the appropriate result. You must strive for righteousness, for righteous living. It can never be overemphasized. In everything you do, think or say, for the purpose of praying powerful prayers. What a privilege, what an honor that a man will talk to God and God will listen. Excuse me, tell me what is greater than that. A man that is standing in that position is greater than a man that has money. The devil and the flesh will not allow you to pursue this matter. Because the devil knows that if you leave the pursuit of mammon and the things of this world that are occupying you and pursue the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that when you open your mouth and say anything, when you say, God, I need this and truly you need it, it will come. Because you have gotten to a position. Listen, the personality that speaks matters everywhere. If you doubt it, they take application to a governor. They will get appointments, whether for themselves or for some, somebody. Then there are others that if they try it, they will not even allow you to enter. Because you don't have access. Righteous living gives us what? Access. Causes heaven to listen when you want to talk. That's why we must pursue righteousness, holiness. We must pursue purity of heart. We must pursue living right every moment for the purpose of prayer. A man that has access with God is more powerful than anybody at all with money. No matter the amount of money you have. Because there are things money will do. And there are things money cannot do. But a man that has access with God has no limits. Anything is possible with him. That's why we must position our life in that position of consistent righteousness is a secret. In Exodus chapter 17 from verse 8 to 13, the Amalekites were fighting the children of Israel. And Moses took Aaron and Hall to the mountain and said to Joshua, go and lead the, the battle. Then as the hand of Moses were up, the children of Israel were overcoming. That's prayer. As Moses was praying, the lifting up your hands signifies prayers. Now when the hand of Moses got tired, eh, what they did was very significant. They got something and put, you know, on the hand of Moses such that Aaron will be holding the other hand and then Paul will be holding the other one. Why? They should have done it turn by turn. When the hand of Moses gets weak, Aaron will come. And it's his, time, his turn. When his own hand gets weak, Paul will come. Before it will go to Moses again, he must have rested a while. 
But you know they tried it. They tried it. Before they know that the hand of Aaron does not produce any result. Eh? When Aaron lifted up his hand, they looked at the battle. They noticed that nothing is happening. They said, Aaron, get out of the way. Let's try her. Her came. It was even worse. That was when they got to know that it's not by lifting up hands. It's about whose hands are up. I repeat, it's not by praying. It's about who is the person that is what? Pray. Your hand may be higher height than Moses' hand. But it's not about whose hand are up. It's about it's not about who, uh, how high your hand is. It's about whose hand is up. Amen. So we must, for the purpose of this access, maintain a life that we always gain access to God in prayers. That is number one secret of powerful prayers. Let's go to number two. The second secret of powerful prayers is that the person praying must first of all secure an audience with God before you're praying. Prayers are meant for God's ear, not man's ear. Some people get excited when people are hearing them pray. As they are praying and speaking in tongues or they are praying and, and people are listening to prayers, they'll be saying, yes, let all these neighbors know that you know somebody is a powerful prayer person here. Their interest, their target is not the ear of God. Everyone that must pray powerful prayers, whenever you want to pray, you will target one thing. How many things? One thing. What is that one thing? The ear of God. It's possible for you to be talking to God and God will be hearing you and no human being will be listening to you. It's possible. And that is enough. You don't need to prove to men that you are praying. They may discover that you are praying, no problem. But even if they don't, they don't discover that you are praying, if your prayer is getting to the ear of God, then you are in line. This is so important because we discover that so many people they do a lot of competition, comparison with prayer, maybe prayer noise, prayer you know, position and all of that. Some even boast about the number of hours they pray. Those things are important, they are necessary. But the first thing that you must be targeting as you are praying, it must be your goal. Am I sure that God is hearing me? Am 
Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closets. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall do what? Shall reward thee openly. I want you to take note of that verse 6. Say, when thou prayest, enter into your closet. And when you have shut the door, pray to your father. Prayer is prayed unto the father. Prayer is meant for the ear of the father. Some see, you don't pray to Satan. You don't pray to human beings. You don't pray to situations. You pray to your father. And that's one thing that I noticed that is a confusion among believers. They don't understand this particular secret. They pray to situations. They pray to the devil. No. What Jesus taught us and what he practiced is not, you know, praying to situation. When he meets situation, what does he do to situation? He speaks. He speaks. I wanted to pray for a sick person. And then, I got to the sick person. And I said, you sickness, in the name of Jesus, I root you out. I cast you out. I decree, decree, decree this one healed in the name of Jesus. Did I pray? You know, I prayed. I prayed in the name of Jesus. But the truth is that I didn't start praying. I'm talking about this situation. You, 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 you address, speak to situation. But when you want to, you need to understand. You know, we have different dimensions of prayer. We're going to uh, look at it sometime uh, in the course of the topic. But what we are talking about here is that you are you need an answer you have a need and you need an answer to that prayer from God are you getting it you have to pray to God you are talking to God concerning that it's a different thing that a sick person is before you if a sick person is before you and you start saying, oh God, please heal this sick person. Well, at your kindergarten level, God may <laughs> understand that you are ignorant of many things 
out of mercy, do something. But the truth is that, you know, what you are supposed to do if you understand your authority in Christ is to address the situation. And heaven will respond to your address. Amen. So, you pray to God, pray to your father, talk to him. You are talking to his ear. You are not, you know, speaking to people so that they will hear your voice. You are speaking to God. And once God is hearing you, that's enough. That's why most times when we pray, we should always ask ourselves because this kind of hypocrisy is always there in the heart of so many people. A brother said he visited someone and he noticed the person is praying. When he knocked, the prayer rose in intensity. Eh? You want to show people that he's praying. You must gain access, gain audience. You know, when you want to talk to a man, you don't start at his gate and start talking to him. If you want to talk to me, you must, first of all, enter my gate, isn't it? And then enter the parlor where I am seated. You know, the psalmist said in Psalm 100 verse 4, say, enter his gate with what? Then enter his court with praise. Enter his gate. So there is gate. God has gate. Eh? God has gate. So you must first of all enter his gate. And there is something you must be holding in your hand before the angels at the gate of God will open the gate for you. What is the name of that thing? Thanksgiving. And then when you enter the gate and you want to enter his parlor, his court, there is something you must hold in your hand for the parlor to open to you. What is that? Praise. Now, when you have entered into the parlor where the man is seated, then that is when you will begin to do what? Begin to commune with him. That's why when you want to really gain an audience with God, you don't come before God first of all overwhelmed with your problems. Your problems is you are not the first person to have that problem. And as, as of the time you have that problem, there may be more, more than 1,000 persons with the same problem. Eh? And may, most times it may even be you that cause the problem for yourself. And that is why you want to come and stand at the gate. So that's why sometimes if you stand at the gate, at my gate, and start shouting to me. Number one is that you will be regarded as a foolish person. Eh? Because the only people that will be hearing you are men that are outside. And that's what happens. You pray and shout and men hear you. You never enter into the court. You know, when you come before a man, when you enter, let's say you, let, let's use governor's, um, government house where governors are working. Now, before you can make a request to the governor, 
you have to first of all enter the government house gate, isn't it? And at the gates, there are men that are there to ensure that you are the right person before they open the gate, isn't it? Now, you cannot start at the gate and start talking to the governor. At the gate, no. If you do that, the governor will not hear you. And if you do that, people will regard you as a madman. The security men at the gate may even lock you up because you are causing nuisance. So you need to keep moving. Then when you finally got before the governor, there's an atmosphere. There's an atmosphere in that presence. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is not outside the gate. That atmosphere is the atmosphere of the governor is before you and you want to talk to the governor. There is no longer noise from outside the court. There is no longer noise that is outside the gate. You will notice that you yourself, as you are talking to the governor, you are looking at his eyes. You are looking at his face. You are focused. You are talking to him. The problem that we have is that we have not really gotten into the very place where we have gotten an audience with God. So you are praying, you are shouting, you are speaking in tongues and all of that. At the end of the day, you notice that you have prayed but your prayers have not made any impact. And that was what Jesus was handling here. He said, anytime you want to pray, don't pray just to impress people. Don't pray just for people to know that you are praying and they praise you that you are a prayer man. Some people, when they come for public prayers, that's when you know that they can pray. In their private inner life, when they are behind their doors and nobody is there, they cannot pray as much as they are praying before people. Jesus called such people hypocrites. Say, do not be like hypocrites. If your prayers in the public is more than your prayers in the your pri- private, then you are making a false impression on people. And that is hypocrisy. And for such kind of person, you will not be praying powerful prayers. So, for us to get answers to our prayers as we pray powerfully, we must learn to secure an audience with God before we start praying. And that is the essence, one of the essence of worship, praises, worship. If I want to pray normal prayers, most times I spend not less than one hour in praises, worship. Sometimes I feel that that's the essence of my living. Sometimes I feel that even what I want to pray, he knows it. So why will I be struggling? Let me worship him. Let me praise him. And you notice that the more you praise him, both in words and in songs, you know, you are, you are excited. You are happy. As you are also praising him. And that's the only thing that, they say that's what, the only thing God eats. Doesn't eat any other thing. Doesn't eat yam, he doesn't eat rice. He inhabits in the praises of his people. As you praise him, you are making a habitation for him around you. 
and you are drawing his attention, you are drawing his personality, he inhabits in the praises of his people. So, be a man of praise, a woman of praise, a man of worship, a woman of thanksgiving. Don't allow your problems to overwhelm you. Always count your blessings. Name them one by one. Don't let ambitions of what you have not achieved, you know, take away the joy of worshipping God and praising God for who he is and for what he has done. Enter his gate with thanksgiving. What is thanksgiving? You are thanking God for the things he has done. He has given you life. He has given you health. He has given you everything he has given you becomes an object of thanksgiving to, to him. You are thanking him for what he has done. That's at the gate. And the moment they open the gate for you, you are now you know, at the door of the court. You will change level from thanking him and, you know, for what he has done to praising him for who he is. Eh? At that level, you are no longer thanking him for what he has done. You are now praising him for who he is. Most times, if you do the praises well, he will rise up eh? and just ask you what you need. Sometimes he may not even ask you. He has already known. He will do that for you right away. Amen. Amen. The number three secret, which is where we will be ending today, of powerful prayers, is that if you have secured righteousness as a man and you are living a righteous life and you have learned how to get, gain an audience with God, then you must also learn to pray earnestly. To pray earnestly, fervently. The first passage, which is our main text, James chapter 5, verse 16, says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The Elias was a man subject like to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. Elijah, Elijah did not take it for granted that God will always answer whether I pray earnestly or not. He prayed earnestly. There is praying casually and praying earnestly. Earnest means serious in intention, purpose or effort. Sincerely zealous. Showing depth and sincerity of feeling. Demanding or receiving serious attention. Seriously important. Passionate intensity. Passionate intensity. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 say, God said, You shall seek for me and find me. When you have sought for me, with all your heart. Let's read that verse. Jeremiah 29 verse 13. 
If you are there, let's go together. One to go. Okay, let's start from verse 12. From verse 12, let's read. Then shall ye call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me. And I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Our God is a serious God. Those who are not serious does not find him. In Hebrew 11, 6, he said, For he that will come to God must believe that he is and that is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently. You can only find God. You can only get response from God when you have, we are praying with all your heart. All your hearts are engaged and involved in the prayers that you are praying. And I discovered that is one secret of praying with all your heart. There are many, but this one is outstanding. I noticed that sometimes <laughs> when we want to pray, we gather prayer points to pray. So sometimes you say, I have pray- five prayer points to pray in this prayer. Then you pray. In fact, sometimes we even time the prayer points. Say, so I have one hour to pray. 60 divided by five is what? Huh? Okay, by let's say you have four prayer points. 60 divided by four is what? 15, 15 minutes. So you say 15 minutes for first prayer point. Then you are watching the time. As if the time is the goal of the prayer. The moment 15 minutes is over, you say, God, you can see that I've spent 15 minutes on this prayer point. Let's go to the second prayer point. So sometimes, when you are praying, not all your heart is involved in the prayer. Some of your heart are looking at the time. Anytime you are conscious of time as you are praying, you are not praying with all your heart. I think you should write it down. Because some part of your heart is busy shaking time. I discovered that people that prayed powerfully in the scriptures and got answers to their prayers pray one prayer point at a time. Even Elijah, that was an example here. He said, Elijah was a man of like passion like me. And he prayed earnestly. For how many things? How many things did Elijah pray for? Just one. And what is that one thing? He said, oh God. That the children of Israel will come to know that. You are the only true God, not bad. Let there be no rain. In this land. For three years or three and a half years. For them to know that you are the Lord. He prayed earnestly. 
on one prayer point. When you have two prayer points that you want to pray at a particular prayer period, you will notice that some part of your heart will be on the second one as you are praying the first one. Sometimes you may even switch, switch from the first one to the second one. Earnestness has to do with focus. And that's one thing that grants prayer results, answers. You will not be able to pray with all your heart if all your heart is not focused on one thing. The heart of a man is only one. That's why if you are thinking on one thing, you cannot think on another. I don't know whether you are getting Once your heart is focused on something, like you now, if you are thinking about a friend in school, you will not think about any other thing. You may be washing cloth, but where is your thought and heart? On that friend. That's why sometimes we even go to the, before God to pray. As you are praying, your heart is not before God. Your heart is on something. Sometimes you will see yourself trying to bring your heart back. You ask yourself, why is my heart going here and there? Until the heart of a man comes to bear on one thing. Earnestness, fervency will still be sacrificed. For you to pray earnestly, fervently, over a point, and the truth is that, you know, God is looking for that element of fervency, of earnestness in your prayers before He will respond. Eh? Casual prayers, they may be coming from a righteous man anyway, but the Bible says the the effectual fervent. So there are so many factors inside that. Righteous man is there. But the prayer must be what? Fervent. The righteous man should not pray casually. Because God is not casual. God is very serious. So we must learn to pray fervently. Get one point. Sometimes you notice that it's even better to pray one point and get the answer. Because you will say, I want to pray for three things. After praying for three things, today you didn't get any answer. Tomorrow you come back again to pray for three things. And you continue to pray for three things for one week, one month. But if you have said, today I know go pray for more than one thing. It's going to be one thing. And you focus on it. Forget about the other two. You will notice that because of your focus on it, you will get response. Then tomorrow you face the second one. Is wiser that way? Is better that way? It's better to pray over a point. Pray it through. Get it done. The problem we have is that we inherited a very bad prayer culture from our Maybe people that taught us prayer in follow-up. Eh? And people that we are before us, that we are following and copying. 
And that has made our prayers not to be as powerful as it's supposed to be. Let's take and conclude with the example of Jesus in Luke chapter 22 in praying fervent prayers. Look at Luke chapter 22 and see how Jesus prayed fervently. We are concluding from there. Luke 22. At Gethsemane in verse 39, he, say, he said, and he came to, he came out and went as he, he was always wont to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the, at the place, he said unto them, Pray that you enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's, stone's cast, and kneeled down, and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. How many prayer points is that? One. One. Verse 43. Say, and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. He prayed more earnestly to the extent that the sweat that was coming out of his body was like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. What kind of earnestness is this? Ask yourself when you prayed last with sweat. I believe that sweating in prayer has to do with fervency in prayer. Sweating in prayer is a product of how earnest the praying man is in his prayers. Jesus prayed earnestly and you know the evidence of that earnest praying is the sweat. Before the body can be can sweat, before sweat can come out of the body, then the body must have been squeezed. The body must have been exercised. Endless praying, fervent praying, has to do with engaging your whole spirit, your whole soul, and even your whole body in the prayer. If you see a man praying earnestly, his body is not left aside in the prayer. His body is also involved in the prayer. Eh? That's why sometimes some of us sleep while we pray. Because while you are praying, you leave your body behind. If your soul, your spirit, your heart, your mind is in the prayer, then your body will follow. And once, you know, you pray earnestly over a matter, the truth is that you will get answer to that prayer. 
other things being equal. This particular prayer was reported in Hebrew chapter 5 verse 8. Hebrew chapter 5 verse 7. This particular prayer we read now. The Bible said there, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears, strong crying and tears, unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared. He offered prayers to God with what? Strong crying and tears. To be able to pray earnestly and fervently, the prayer point you are praying must affect your own heart. Must touch your heart. A prayer that does not touch your heart can never touch the heart of God. Eh? That's why if a prayer point breaks your heart to the point of crying as you are praying, the Bible says, a broken and a contrite heart, God will never overlook. If a prayer point does not break the heart of the person praying it, does not touch and affect the heart of the praying man, that prayer will not affect the heart of God. And if it doesn't touch the heart of God, you don't expect response. So, we have looked at three secrets today, and I want us to pray over them quickly, of powerful prayers. What is number one? The man praying must not be a sinner. We must be deliberate, conscious. We must pursue righteousness and holiness. We must pursue living correctly for the purpose of, you know, gaining access to God in prayers. Because the truth is that that is the best thing that can happen to you on earth. We are going to heaven, but before we go to heaven, we are going to live on the earth. Are we created, born on the earth, to go to heaven. Eh? Adam was created by God on the earth so that after creating him on the earth, he will come to heaven. There are things that God wants to accomplish with Adam and it can only happen by prayer, communication, communication with God, fellowship with God. That's why we must live right so that we can have access. Access is better than assets. It's better that, that God, you know, the things that you need are with God. And any time you need it, you have, have access to it. And what gives us access, number one, is our life. Can we be the man? You know, we didn't talk about Daniel. Daniel, before he will start praying, angels are already released. Say, from the day you open your mouth to pray, so they will come and be, they will be his, his, his title before the angels is Oh you beloved Daniel the beloved of God eh? Before you ever open your mouth to pray What is the secret of Daniel? It's not just the prayer It's his life And Daniel proposed in, in his heart Right early That he will not what? Defile himself 
So when it comes to praying and talking to God over a matter, there is always an answer. It pays to be a righteous man. And the greatest reward of righteousness is heaven's attention. Remember that a righteous man is a man that fears God. And if you fear God, the fear of God makes a man to depart from evil. Proverbs 16 verse 6. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. But by fear of God, men depart from evil. And then the secret number two we also looked at has to do with what? Securing an audience with God. Targeting the ear of God. Making sure that you are not just saying something. That what you are saying, that someone is hearing it. And the person that is hearing it is the right person. Eh? Don't say things and the wrong people are hearing it. And you say you are praying. Make sure that the right person for which what you are saying is meant for. Is listening, is hearing. And then you must say that thing you are saying with seriousness. You must say it with fervency, with earnestness. You can't just say it casually. If you are talking to God, you must show God that you are serious in what you are talking about. And suffice it for this study tonight as we pray. Maybe as we go on with the, uh, the topic next week, we'll be able to look at others. Rise on your feet and pray over this point. Say to God, thank you for revealing this to us tonight again. Some of them, we know them, but we don't know them well. And God has shed more light. I want you to pray and say, God, help me. Help me. These three particular secrets help me to begin to live my prayer life around them. Help me to begin to live my prayer life around the consciousness of righteousness. Take them one after the other. You may start with the life of the praying man. Who is praying? Not just what he's praying about. Malebo Shando Kanda. Lendelebo Shando Kandalaba Sanda. Renda Leba Sando Kandalaba Shando Kandelebo Sunde. Renda Leba Sando Kandalaba Shandelebo Sunda. Malendelebo Shando Kandalaba Sanda. One of the reasons why as a young man you will not be meddling with pornography. You cannot be meddling with lust. You can't be meddling with sin. is so that you can be an authentic man before God. You can be a man that heavens can pay attention to when you are talking. Sin separates a man from God, blocks the ear of God from a man. Sin pushes a man away from God. Sin makes a man not to listen to God. And God not to listen to him. See, now we know that God does not listen to sinners. You may say, well, that God listens to me. I believe that God is listening to me. 
But excuse me, you cannot be the judge in, in God's own law court. You cannot set write exam and mark for yourself and score yourself. God said in his word, I don't listen to sinners when they pray. If anything is happening to you and you think it's an answer to prayer, God said, count me out. It may be the normal providence that happens to every man that happened to you. Not necessarily that you, your prayers scale through. Unbelievers, providence happened to them too. They get things by what they call luck. By natural occurrence. When it is prayers, you will know that any moment you open your mouth to pray, there is a response. Pray that you will be the right man. I notice that God has respect for some people because of their righteous living. He said to the friend of Job, if you pray, I will not accept your prayer. So I will not accept you. So don't waste your time praying. Go to Job. He will pray for you. Because anything he says is what I will do. What kind of, what kind of favor is this? Can I be the man that heaven is waiting for my talk? The Bible says the prayer of the upright is a delight to God. The prayer of the righteous is a delight to heaven. Moses' hand can move mountains, can cause things to happen. Aaron's hand, even though Aaron is a man of God, but Aaron's hand cannot do anything. What kind of man of God are you? Aaron is on the mountain. It's not by being on the mountain. It's by having a holy hand that is lifted up. Hor is on the mountain. It's not by being on the mountain. You may be on the mountain, high mountain, but... Do you have the kind of hands that when it is lifted up, heaven will start acting. Angels are released. When the hand of Moses is up, angels are released to fight the invisible battles of men's life. What a respect heaven can give to a mere mortal. Can I be such a man that we have respect with heaven? Both in the Old Testament and New. These are men that when they pray, God hears. I want to be such a man. Can you begin to pay attention to your life just because of prayers? Just because of righteous, righteous righteousness that we you know bring real answers. Real answers. Say to God, I want to be consistently righteous. Help me to take my devotions serious so that I will be consistently righteous. 
My mouth will not speak anyhow. Anger will not be the order of day in my heart. I will live a life free from anger. Life free from lies. Life, life free from malice. Can you pray that you will be a man of praise, a man of worship? You enter his gate with thanksgiving in your hands. You enter his court with praise. You gain access to his very presence. And then you begin your fervent praying. You begin to talk to him fervently. The ear of God is my target in prayer, not the ear of men. I want to make sure that he's listening before I start talking. The powerful prayer man targets the ear of God. Thank you, Jesus. Alebo shando labasa. Lendelebo shando labasa. Lando kanda labasa ndelebo I don't want to be time conscious. Giving some part of my, my heart to time. Eh? I want to be God, go, you know, answer conscious when I pray. All my hearts on the prayer, not on time. I focus on one prayer point at a time. When I get it through, I will go to the second one. What is the essence of praying 40 prayer points and none of them, you are, you are not sure of any of them. Just because you want to meet up with time. Make me a man of praise. I will enter We dance in my heart. I will enter his cause with I will enter. I will enter. I 
sure that is in line with the will of God. Maybe you have prayed it before. Just one point. The Lord wants to show you that his word is true now. Take that point again before him and say it with fervency and earnestness. Pray it with fervency. Don't think about time. Forget about time. Forget about other things. Forget about other matters. Focus on this one thing now. Pray earnestly. Like Elijah, pray one thing now. Hannah prayed earnestly for one thing. Hannah prayed for one thing and got it. Hannah prayed for one thing and got it. Pray for one thing. Endlessly. Time is not the issue. Forget about time. Then the Nebo Shandalabasa. Ayanto Kandalabasundulabashan. Then the Nebo Shandalabashika. Target the ear of God. Target the ear of God. Target the ear of God. Focus on this one thing. Say it. Forget about other things. Forget about time. Pray it with fervency. Pray more earnestly. More earnestly.
We are blessed by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website www.calvaryonline.org. For testimonies, counseling, and prayers, you can send an email to calvaryrevivallabels at gmail.com or call 080 You could also follow us on all our social media platforms at Calvary Revival Labels.